0: Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Sustainable E-Commerce podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand for a healthier planet. As always, I'm Giles Smith, your host. Now, a quick note before we get into today's show. If you're enjoying the series and finding lots of useful and interesting insights from other sustainable brand owners, please be so kind as to subscribe, leave a rating or a review. I really do appreciate it and it helps the show get discovered by other entrepreneurs looking to do things sustainably as well as helping me hook in the best guests. Now with that being said, today is our 21st show and the last episode for season one. We're already working on season two and we'll be opening up that show in just a few weeks on Friday the 2nd of September. In the meantime, I thought it'd be useful to summarize a common thread that's weaved its way through many of the interviews we've had so far and comes up as a challenging topic in one form or another among every single one of the businesses that we work with. The topic is about navigating transparency and how you can use transparency as a key element in your brand messaging. So with that, let's start the show. I wanted to start today's show by expressing my deep belief as to why being a sustainable brand owner really matters. I'm not just referring to the incredible people I've interviewed on the show, but you guys out there as well, building purpose-driven brands. Back in January 2020, before sustainable e-commerce was even born, I did a Facebook Live where I gave some predictions about what the next decade would bring. Among those was that sustainability was going to become mainstream and that it was the direct-to-consumer brands making sustainable products that collectively were going to have the greatest impact in cleaning up our planet. Your brand's success really does matter. Through your choices and your direct connection to consumers, it's the DTC brands together that stand the best chance of helping navigate away from the current and looming environmental crises. By making your products from sustainable materials, you're embedding an understanding and an expectation in consumers that such a thing is not just possible, but should be expected. And because your brand has direct relationships with the customers, you become a kind of focal point for activation of those consumers on mass to work towards your collective mission so it's been really interesting to hear the founders behind some of the brands i've had on the show sharing that view for example here's what mike smith from zero co has to say about why direct to consumer brands matter
1: my hypothesis about how this plastic problem is going to be solved globally um, has really led to everything we've done from a you know, tonality and, and communications perspective around around the business. Um, I believe that it's not going to be um governments who who solve this problem. You know, governments are, are really inefficient and there's so much debating and arguing and and squabbling that goes on. Um we've known about this problem for 50 or 60 years now and, and no one's done anything about it. I don't think it's going to be big business who solves this problem because they are so invested in the petrochemical industry in plastic production. they have got these huge billion dollar supply chains that are built to make and pump out single use plastic. And I don't think it's going to be charities who solve this problem because they don't have the global scale or kind of the innovation credentials to, to solve it. So my, my hypothesis from day one has been, I believe it's going to be a movement of people, everyday people from all around the world who make small lifestyle changes which add up to big, huge impacts on a global
0: scale. Coming back to my original predictions, I thought that sustainability would be mainstream by the middle of this decade, but the pandemic has really escalated that. Last year, in October 2021, a special research report of over 10,000 consumers by consulting firm Simon Kutcher & Partners identified that 80% of consumers now feel that sustainability is important and they want to live more sustainable lives. And in addition, about half of all consumers consider sustainability to be an important factor when actually making purchasing decisions. If 80% of consumers want to live more sustainably and half would make buying decisions based on the sustainability of a product we can pretty confidently say that demand is no longer restricted to eco-warriors and is shifting rapidly towards mainstream if it isn't there already. So why does this matter? Well if sustainability has gone mainstream, It frankly calls for an entirely different approach to your brand messaging and how you tell your story. Three years ago, it's likely that as a sustainable brand, your messaging was targeted towards highly conscious eco-warriors who were actively seeking better options from a sea of unsustainable alternatives. They were clued up, motivated to buy based on their values, and without wanting to trivialize the sales process, you basically had them at hello. But today's consumer is different. The competitive landscape is much busier as brands large and small try to capitalize on this increased demand. The eco warriors are seasoned, they're much more educated, they know what they're looking for and importantly have become attuned to sniffing out the truly good brands and products from those making dubious claims. And of course you now have rapidly expanding audience of mainstream users who are motivated to make better choices but they don't necessarily know how. To help them you need to capture and communicate your story in a framework that they understand. When I spoke to my guest Austin Sims, founder and CEO at Dayrise about the importance of story, here's what he had to say. I I love that question,
2: that's It's so important for us. And my background at Nike is in brand building and the word story. And and we need to be telling the story and proudly telling the story about sustainability um, because consumers want this. Um, We we know they do. They want this level of transparency. And I think as a collective, as brands that are sort of more towards the sustainable spectrum of, of making products, I think it's, it's on us to really grab this story and, and own this narrative. I think that the, the conversation around sustainability has been too heavy for too long and we've, too, we've focused too much on the problem um, and, and, we're, and we're aware of it and it's real and it's massive and, and we need to get after it. But if we focus on talking about the problem all the time, I think we risk disengaging everyone and everyone becomes like it's a bit too heavy and it's a bit too big um, and, and we don't go into solution mode. And I think there's this emerging brands out there that are making amazing sustainable products they are disrupting the market and, and they need to be celebrated. So I really encourage the brands and I think it's a great way you frame that question to tell their story and really get into the storytelling and be proud about it.
0: Of course, the reality is that nothing's perfect. Sustainability is an ever-changing space of materials and understanding and techniques. The bigger your brand, the more high-profile your reputation has become, the more daunting and risky it can seem to promote the good work your brand is doing, especially if it hasn't grown from the ground up with sustainability at its core. As Kian Tracy, founder of Sustainable Choice, pointed out, big organisations are often the ones least willing to be open about the progress they're making.
3: There are businesses, many, many businesses, big organisations that have pages and pages and pages of sustainability reports that are reluctant to communicate any of it because they are so frightened of being accused of greenwashing.
0: But it's not just the big brands struggling to convey their message. Small brands often lack the credibility and reputation to simply make statements about their product or process sustainability and have that turn into an instantly convincing story. Yet, with mainstream online consumers looking to buy products and make informed choices, conveying the brand message quickly and in a compelling way has never been more vital. So, how do you do that? Well over the past year at Sustainable Ecommerce we've been developing a repeatable framework you can use to clarify and communicate your message in a way that will quickly resonate with your target customers. We call it the Purpose Marketing Playbook. There are three primary pillars to the framework called solving your customers problem, enrolling heroes and active transparency each of which form an important component to attracting your audience and converting them into customers, but for today's show I wanted to focus just on active transparency. The word transparency is often associated with supply chains, showing what things are made of, how they're made, and where they're sourced from, as well as how they arrive at the purchaser's door. By contrast, active transparency as a cornerstone of the purpose marketing playbook, refers to the activities you can conduct to engage your brand's customer base in your journey of sustainability. I do like the simplicity of arranging things in groups of three, and so there are three pillars to nailing active transparency. Measurable impact, active updates, and education. So let's go through each one of these. Firstly, measurable impact. Understanding sustainability is hard. There's so much spin put out in favor of one material or another that's basically impossible for the average consumer to know what to choose. This kind of approach stems, I think, from an old-school feature-based type of marketing, which ultimately leads to the customer being baffled by their choices, not informed by them. I'd like to propose that we turn this kind of transparency on its head and focus on the measurable impact our customer will have when purchasing our product or using our service. If you're selling a garment of clothing, for example, can you show the customer how choosing your product will have a measurably smaller footprint on the world than those of your competitors? Can you articulate how using your product after purchase will have an impact on the world? Let's take Booty as an example. If you don't know Booty, they're a wonderful Australian underwear brand, styling themselves as the official underwear of the entire planet. Instead of bamboozling the user with all the facts and figures of bamboo rayon, and pun intended, they prominently show the impact of choosing each specific item in terms that a customer can understand. For example, the transport emissions avoided, energy and water saved compared to standard items, and the amount of land farmed without pesticides. But they don't stop there. When you order from them, your account shows a summary of the impact from all the items you've purchased, giving you as the consumer a high visibility into how your own choices are actually impacting the world. It's a fabulous and rewarding way to make the customer feel like a hero, enroll them in your mission and ensure they keep coming back to buy from you. The second pillar, Active Updates, refers to treating your customers like partners in your mission and as a result keeping them abreast of not only your shared mission goals but also your progress. Being transparent about specifically what your brand is trying to achieve provides a clear focal point for your customers to understand your mission and giving them regular updates helps them feel a part of the solution and reassures them that they've chosen the right bus to get on in order to get to that destination. I know many brand owners feel very nervous about progress transparency and that's understandable because as we all know not everything goes to plan. But being mission driven is a very important foundation for transparency, as Mike Smith again explains in relation to Zero Co's principle of radical transparency.
1: So, for us, it's about always putting the mission at the front of everything that we do, right? We always lead with the mission. We, we are here. The reason I get out, out of bed every morning is not because I'm incredibly passionate about making toilet cleaner, right? <laughs> I, I get out of the bed every morning and I'm excited to come to work because I'm I'm engaged in in the you know the pursuit of my life, which is trying to solve this plastic problem, trying to pull as much plastic out of the ocean as possible and trying to stop as much plastic going to landfill every day. And so when you put the mission at the front of everything you do, we use that as our North Star. Every time there's a decision to make, we say, Does this get us closer to achieving our mission? And if it doesn't, then it's not the right thing for the business to do. And so having so much belief in this mission and this cause allows us to just not get distracted, not get sidetracked and just, you know, talk openly to the public about this is where we're trying to get to. It's going to take us a decade to get there. Um, We may never get there. But if we just keep pushing in that direction um, and don't let anything derail us, then then that's how we're going to get to our our goal, right? And so having that as the center point of of the kind of philosophy allows us to go out and just tell people about all of the things that that go wrong because it's all part of the journey of getting to the solution. Um, You know, those types of bits of communication that we put out into the world sporadically as things come up in our business that go wrong, as happens in every business, nothing ever goes according to a plan they are the most engaging forms of content that we produce. We get the most likes, we get the most shares, we get the most comments on that type of communication because people just love the fact that we're being honest and we're owning up to our mistakes and we're wearing our hearts on our sleeves. So, you know, for anyone listening, you know, all I can say is my lived experience over the last 18 months with this business and it is the single most powerful type of communication that we have in our arsenal is, is radically transparent stuff.
0: When it comes time to give your customers mission updates, there aren't really any fixed rules about the format for updates, but to keep your customers enrolled and engaged, you ideally want to do it every four to six weeks. Each of your updates should have the following objectives in mind. Firstly, you want to remind the customer and your customer community that they are the heroes in your mission by showing them the impact they're having. Giving them a little endorphin hit from the feel-good news will encourage them to keep opening messages from you. Each message should be designed to garner deeper engagement and connectivity with your audience. Help them to understand how working with you means that they're part of something bigger and meaningful. Lastly, you want to show momentum. Never forget that customers can choose to purchase from your competitors. Showing them that they've joined a winning team and that through you their actions mean something is a great way to remind them that they're in safe hands. Additionally, don't underestimate the power of keeping your community updated in terms of keeping you on track to achieve your goals as well. So obviously there are two types of news. There's good news and bad news. How should you announce good news? Firstly, remind everyone what your shared goal is and make it clear what your progress to date has been so that they have a clear understanding of the big picture. When you give those updates, make sure you include tangible and relatable numbers like we discussed earlier. So to give you some examples, you could say things like, we've saved 10,000 single use bottles from landfill. Or maybe, our t-shirts now generate 50% less carbon dioxide, that's 500 grams of carbon dioxide less than a regular shirt. Or what about, we've achieved our goal of planting 70,000 trees, thanks to you, our shared forest now covers nearly 100 football fields. They're all terrific examples of very tangible things that the customer can understand. It's important to remind the readers what every purchase from you means in terms of progress to your goal. When you do this openly, you can also invite them to purchase from you again, in the same message. Perhaps most importantly of all, keep the tone positive. While it can be useful to sprinkle in some alarming statistics to help keep people on task, customers won't continue to open your messages if you bombard them with negative information. There's enough of that in the world and your brand needs to stand out as a beacon of hope. So how do you handle bad news? Well, not everything goes to plan. When your brand is mission-driven, and you've done a great job of enrolling your customers, they will rally to support you when things go off track. Bad news transparency pieces can actually be some of the most engaged content that you can create, and when handled correctly, can build an even deeper level of trust with your audience. Here are some thoughts to guide you. First of all, state the facts and don't sugarcoat. Show why the event or result is not aligned with your collective mission. The person nominated as the guide needs to front up on camera. You'll be demonstrating your emotional commitment and communicating much more than the simple text ever could by doing so. And lastly, mistakes get made all the time. What's important is how you respond to them. Show what you're doing about it and ideally how the issue will be prevented going forward. So in terms of rolling out active updates into your organization, a very practical first step is to make sure you include what we call a benchmark update as the very first email of your welcome sequence. The objective of the benchmark update is first of all to refresh the customer on your mission and commit together to the 12 month mission goal. You also want to indicate to the customer what progress you've already made so they have a kind of benchmark to refer to going forward. Referring back to a few moments ago when we talked about the objectives of Active Updates, you also want to remind them how their interaction with your brand contributes to that goal, and most importantly of all, make the content of the email about your customer as the hero, not just about your brand. And finally we come to the third pillar of Active Transparency which is Education. Most brands' education focuses on how to use their products better, how to get the most from their purchase and solve their problems. Obviously, there's huge value in that, and you should definitely continue to produce and share that content, especially if you can gather up some great case studies showing how your customers' lives have been improved as a result of buying from you. But when it comes to purpose-based marketing, we're also talking about providing education as a way of upskilling your army to fight the good fight aligned with your mission. As we discussed earlier, sustainability is a constantly unfolding journey for both you and your customer. Recognising that allows you to bring a kind of humility to your role as their guide, opening the opportunity to educate them on the things that you've learned so that they can also make better choices and have an ongoing impact in association with your brand. Quite a few of my guests over the series have commented on how sharing their own journey of discovery has led to the creation of a vibrant and highly engaged community. For example, let's hear again from Lottie DL from Banish.
3: Yeah, no, they are amazing. They're everything. That is just my favorite part of this whole journey. Has been the community, the people. It's just the people that I've had to meet that I've got to meet. We've got our whole Brad recycling program is run by volunteers. So we have our customers and our community who come in and help sort the rubbish and before it goes into the different recyclers. So that's just one example of how engaged they are. We've got a wait list to come and volunteer to sort through rubbish, which I think is something that not a lot of brands would say that they've got people that would literally put their hand up to sift through rubbish for them. Um, But that is just one example. And then I think we do communicate and we talk predominantly through social media. It's something that we've always put a huge focus on in particular organic social media. We're um, on Instagram daily, we're on TikTok as well. We're very quick and early to get onto that. But then we also use LinkedIn as well and Facebook. So we're constantly talking and it's not just in a sales way. We're always providing value. We're always educating and that's um, a huge part of yeah what we're doing.
0: Pearl Chan too explains just what impact sharing her journey has had on customer loyalty, expressed through the lens of repurchase rate of her customers at ReSparkle.
2: Yeah, we have a really loyal um, community of customers, like 50% of, or more of, of my customers, you know, RVP purchases. And, you know, if you look at like marketing metrics, I guess, you know, open rates for our email is phenomenal. Um, you know, when we post on social media about you know our journey or behind the scenes we do get really really good engagement. so i think people really can see and identify with um our values and, and what we stand for and i think people generally love to support um small local brands so i'm pretty proud with you know about the community we've built around our brand so far
0: So providing regular scheduled educational content in easily consumed formats can be a very powerful marketing and impact generation tool. It helps your brand transcend from simply a source of product to being perceived as a valuable guide in the customer's life. Over time you build huge authority from the assets of educational material. When used on your store it can be a massive boost to SEO. Great quality content can be used to generate backlinks, encourage shares, and can be repurposed easily across multiple media. And of course, helping your heroes achieve more multiplies the impact of your brand mission. Something that's often overlooked when creating education content is that for it to have power and be acted upon, there needs to be a trusted relationship between the student, which is the customer, and the teacher, in this case the guide. This requires there to be a face to the brand, a person with both the empathy and the authority to carry the trusted relationship forward. Often this is where big brands fail and where small founder-led businesses can gain real traction. It's one of the reasons why Banish and Resparkle have enjoyed such great success because their founders have taken direct ownership of being the guide. If you're a single founder or solopreneur that means you'll be the guide. In a co-founded business, you'll need to pick one of the founders to take the role. Now we all know that creating content is hard. It takes time and effort. One of the most common objections I hear from brand owners to justify avoidance of creating educational content is that they don't see any results from it. And that's fair enough. If no one is responding to your content, it certainly isn't going to have the impact either for your brand or for the world that you need it to. So to help you with that, And to round out today's show, here are eight tips to help you structure your content for maximum impact. Number one, education content is always more compelling when it's action-based rather than purely academic. Your aim for each piece is to explain one practical, actionable way to solve the customer's problem. Number two, always start by framing the problem. In order for the customer to be interested, it obviously needs to be something that they're actually struggling with. Show empathy by using examples from your own life or select an example of a specific customer who is experiencing the same issue. You can focus on any of the problems that you've identified for your avatar as well as anything related to your mission. Number three, Give them a simple set of steps to solve the problem. In other words, a plan. Make it simple enough that they feel confident to take it away and achieve it themselves. Number four, show the success state after following your instructions. Much like buying your product, they need to clearly see what life will be like for them after following your suggestions. Fifth, tie the result back to your collective impact and make them feel good about being the hero. Show how conducting the activity Contributes to or even expands on the mission goal. Number six, include images to demonstrate key points, especially when using your products. Number seven, never ever talk down to the customer. This relationship is a guide hero relationship, not a teacher first grade student relationship. That means it's a level playing field. Use simple wording and avoid jargon or anything that might make the customer feel inferior or leave them feeling confused. And lastly, provide a strong call to action at the end to encourage them to put your suggestions to the test. Ask them to share their experience on social and provide a direct link to help them do that. So I hope you'll put this concept of active transparency into play for your own brand. Help your customers understand how buying from you makes it easy for them to have an impact. Keep them close with regular updates and make your brand an integral part of their journey through education. And that officially wraps up season one of the Sustainable Ecommerce podcast. Like I said, we'll be back with you very soon on Friday, the 2nd of September. And I'm already very excited about our speaker lineup. So please do subscribe and follow Sustainable Ecommerce on LinkedIn just to make sure you hear the latest updates from other amazing sustainable brand founders. I appreciate you listening and we'll be back very soon.